0: We've already seen a couple of exciting young players for the Giants show up and make an impact in Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey. Are they the real deal? Are are they Rookie of the Year candidates? And is Luis Matos next to come up? He looks like he might be close. So we'll get to those questions and many others next. You are locked on Giants. Your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, it is a fresh batch of mailbag questions that we're going to get into so without further delay let's just jump right in there were there were a lot of questions about Luis Matos but this is the one that we're going to answer but you know thanks to everyone who asked about Matos Bernardo says do you think we see Luis Matos soon there are lots of outfielders out there though And so this kind of gets to the crux of it is that, you know, and I, I tweeted this out and I got some pushback as if like there wasn't already a crowded outfield, but I said this the other day that I thought that, uh, you know, Michael Conforto, he has this heel injury. And if he had to go on the injured list, I really thought that we would see Luis Matos in the event basically of any injury in the outfield and, Matos was already kind of tearing it up in AAA after doing really well in AA and earning a promotion to AAA quickly early on in the season. And then last night, he had one of his better games. And so on the season in AAA now, Matos is hitting 391, 435 on base, 563, slugging a 143 weighted runs created. Plus... His strikeout rate is minuscule at 7.2%. The walk rate also at 7.2%. So we're talking, he's had 69 plate appearances, has just five strikeouts and five walks. And he's a good defensive center fielder and like kind of an impact runner. And so uh, do uh the problem is there's just... When I say there's not room, there actually is. Like you could, you could, op- you could simply option Bryce Johnson and replace him with Matos. And I think that it might be worth doing, but the problem is Bryce Johnson isn't getting regular playing time. And I don't think you want Matos to just sit around and not get regular playing time. You'd like for him, if he does come up, to play and play a lot. And so some of the suggestions, and I know like people who suggested this got kind of, uh piled on torched uh kind of s- shut down with the suggestion and i and it's a continuation of we discussed this the other day with the insinuation that like slater's not a good player but he is against left-handed pitching but anyway the somebody suggested DFA Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater which is just a ridiculous suggestion and so yeah it's a little bit crowded so i don't know if we see him soon uh, but he's doing everything he can and injuries happen. And so I would suspect at some point somebody gets hurt and he gets an opportunity and we could see what he can do. And if he really performs a la Patrick Bailey, right there, w- Joey Bart existed and then Pat, you know, he got hurt. It created an opportunity for Bailey and he's done well. And then all of a sudden it's like, what's this, the future of Joey Bart? And that's one of the later questions we're going to get to. But anyway, Matos is doing everything he can. I just don't see an immediate opening. If you've got a healthy Conforto, Hanniger, those guys are in your corners every day. And then a Yaz and Slater platoon is very productive and, and solid. There's nothing wrong with those two. And anyone who tells you otherwise, frankly, I believe is wrong. Uh, that they are a solid platoon duo. Anyway... Speaking of youngsters, Muhammad asks, can Carson Wisenhunt become a top prospect in the entirety of MLB? And Carlos asks, Carson Wisenhunt, prospect profile and upside top 100 prospect candidate? And it's funny because I was talking just yesterday about Carson Wisenhunt and I said I would not be surprised after his latest start if he is now promoted to double A and like shortly thereafter he was promoted to double A. And so this is a the guy they drafted literally less than 12 months ago. And he's already made it to double A. He just dominated low A and high A this season. Devastating changeup. The numbers are just off the charts. We talked about him a lot yesterday. But, you know, I'm no top 100 prospect. Ranker myself, but I see no reason if he continues to pitch like this, why he wouldn't belong in a top 100. And especially if he just keeps it up as he gets through the higher levels that he could even be someone on the front half of that top 100. And so the prospect profile is that he's a starting pitcher with a really, really good changeup. He struck a lot of people out. He's had good command and yeah, he's an exciting guy. And so that's, that's the uh, outlook for now and going to double a it's it's a whole nother level and so it's going to be fascinating to watch every single start and see how he performs there so the next question about the youngsters comes from slopes who says are casey schmidt and patrick bailey the real deal and isaac says with the uh mlb with mlb not posting any of our rookies in the top 10 current rookies what do you think their chances are at a rookie of the year award current rookies of course Bailey and Schmidt and so I do just want to say like are they the real deal they're they're different players Schmidt I've been well documented saying like there's a there's too much chase going on and and he knows it you can tell by his body language when he has a bad chase I mean we're talking bad chases pitches way out of the zone kind of like Javier Baez-esque but the difference is he's not trying to just yank everything like Baez, he will use the whole field and doesn't strike out a lot. But, uh, defensively, the fact that he can play third, short and second and do them all well and the arm that he has and he's raw. He's obviously a rookie. So you expect he is, he should be able to improve. So yeah, I think he's potentially the real deal, but also the numbers are just. Uh, he's got to he's got to hone in that chasing and then for Bailey it's been a total of what nine or ten games but I mean and like unexpectedly he's done really well hitting right-handed and so it's just too early I would I need to see more but obviously it's been it's been a nice start for both of those guys but if you look around the league there are some really good rookies like Corbin Carroll what he's doing in Arizona and he was like the number one prospect or close to it coming into the year and he's living up to it. I don't think you're looking at high chances of any of these guys winning rookie of the year, but that's not that important, really. I don't think Uh what's more important is do they establish themselves as legitimate major leaguers who who just like are clearly part of your long-term solution and they're on their way but they've got more to show and the last question about a youngster here is from Isaac who says with Reggie Crawford making two impressive starts to the low a season do you think they'll rapidly promote him like they have the others so I could do a whole segment on Reggie Crawford he was their first round pick last year had Tommy John, so he was like rehabbing, and then he had mononucleosis, which set him back a little bit, but finally goes to an affiliate, goes to low A. He's made two appearances, and he's looked really good. If you just watch highlights, he's throwing mid to upper 90s from the left side, and uh, he also hits. He's a two-way player, but I think the pitching is far ahead of the hitting, Uh, but the thing is, coming off Tommy John, I don't think they're going to be aggressively... Promoting him, I would expect them to build him up more slowly than they have with some of these other guys, given Tommy John, but certainly he's been exciting in his first couple of appearances in low A. It's exactly what you want to see, and the stuff has looked really good. Fastball and slider but especially the fastball to me. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk about, there's a lot of questions about the influence of new Giants general manager, Pete Patella, who replaced the outgoing Scott Harris, who went to the Tigers to be their president of baseball operations. So about more about Patella and also Joey Bart's status when he returns from his injury in just a minute. But before we get into all of that, this episode is brought to you by GameTime, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't have to be so stressful. And if you're like me, you have experienced a lot of stress in the past on non-game time websites looking for and trying to buy tickets. And for me, it's always about paranoia. Am I getting the best price? Am I coming in too early? Am I coming in too late? I really spend more time than I should like looking at prices and evaluating and trying to make that call and never being sure that i am i'm gonna end up being right but with game time that is completely solved with the lowest price guarantee if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So it's like a no sweat proposition. You are always getting the best price and then some with that 110%. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, Pete Patella's influence and Joey Bart's status are going to be discussed here in just a minute. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers on Monday breaking down what I find to be a fascinating series series. Uh, You know, an orange series here with the Baltimore Orioles coming into town, which doesn't happen often. And the new schedule, I love it with more American League teams getting a look at them, getting to see Adley Rutschman. Uh, But the pitching matchups, like when I look at the Orioles record, I haven't done a deep dive into their... What's behind their success, but some of their starting pitchers, like the Giants have just have a clear advantage, including, including tonight with Logan Webb on the mound. So we'll we'll be breaking down this series. The Orioles have a really good record, but the Giants, to me, it seems like a series they can win. So we'll be breaking it down on Monday. And by the way, the Giants play the Orioles tonight at 715 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search Giants. So a bunch of questions about Pete Patella, like in, very interestingly, and I and I get it. I've kind of been wondering the same thing, but let's just get into them. Certified Freddie Freeman hater says, "Can this wave of rookies taking a huge step forward be attributed to Pete Patella?" Robert says, "Prior to Pete Patella, please correct me if I'm wrong." it seems like we would only see a few of the same minor leaguers rotate in and out of the lineup and they weren't having success. But since Patella came aboard, it seems like there has been aggressive promotion and it's working. Bay Area Champ says, how much credit do you give Patella about the youth movement? And then Vinny says, what impact has GMP Patella had on development philosophy? Has his influence led to More aggressive promotions as we've seen. What impact will you have on the draft? So, yeah, loaded. uh, We're loaded with Pete Patella questions. And so I'm kind of going to just try to summarize them all into one answer. But essentially, like, especially the question about like before Patella, we saw the same minor leaguers rotate in and out of, of the lineup and not have success. I think that's more a function of those were the guys who were in the upper minors and ready to be promoted to the major leagues. Like when we're talking about uh, you're talking about Elliot Ramos, you're talking about Joey Bart. We're talking about I don't even know, like Sean Jelly. I don't know exactly who really Elliot Ramos stands out to me as the most uh, notable example of this. And I kept saying like people want Bryce Johnson, I guess, you know, people wanted the youth so badly and but my counterpoint was always like youth is fine but they have to perform you and 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 the major leagues are really hard and if they don't think you're going to succeed they're not going to just give you huge amounts of playing time and so I think like Ramos not getting a big opportunity had more to do with they had very they were very confident that he was not going to be successful at the major league level he wasn't being successful at the AAA level over extended periods of time and so the one thing i can point to that's looked really different has been the speed at which they've been promoting players and that wasn't the case prior to this year and so The fact is, I can't give you a definitive answer because I don't know if it's Pete Patella's influence. I kind of think Pete Patella's influence is mostly uh, just making sure all of the best kind of systems are in place up and down every level of the minor leagues internationally. I look at a guy like Tyro Estrada putting on a bunch of muscle in the offseason. I feel like there you feel the influence of Pete Patella. I think he's known for kind of like what can guys improve and if you can maybe like add muscle and that's going to help you add power and that's kind of a missing ingredient for you then he can help you kind of do that and put a plan in place for each and every single player so i think probably a little bit too much is being made of the influence of patella in terms of like suddenly Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey. It, that's more, I think, a function of just another year passing versus Patella did this. Like it's not, I don't think that's it. I think that these guys last year weren't ready to be promoted. And, and I mean, Casey Schmidt was kind of aggressively promoted last year, uh, before Patella was here. He just, it, he had just been drafted in 2020. And so to get to AAA, you know, and there was no minor league season in 2020, so he just had 2021 and then 2022, and by the end of the year, he was in Triple A. And so, I think it's more of a function of a lot of the Giants' draftees under this new regime have had sufficient time to like progress through the system to the point where we're seeing them closer to the major leagues. But the one thing is, like, you look at a Patrick Bailey and well. I mean, I guess a case he was already in triple A, but like Bailey going from double A where he played like 14 games and then triple A, 14 games and then in the major leagues, you could say that does definitely look like a change in philosophy to just move guys aggressively. But then you look at a Kyle Harrison and they haven't promoted him aggressively and it's based on performance. It's based on uh, the high walk rate and they're not promoting him. And so I don't know. I think it's probably somewhere in between. I don't think, I don't think he's just fixed everything and give all the credit p- to Pete Patella, but also I think he has helped and, and that, uh, he's probably made a positive impact on their operation as a whole. He had a great reputation for player development really in Houston. And so player development, I do think more about things like, Getting the most out of players and getting guys like Tyro Estrada to come in and, and just be more of a power, th- power threat, for example. Moving on, the, speaking of Joey Bart, which I alluded to earlier, DH says Joey Bart being shopped around with the emergence of Patrick Bailey. What could they expect in return? And then Jeff says, how do they handle Joey Bart? when he comes off his rehab assignment. So as far as I know, he's not yet on a rehab assignment, but obviously he will eventually. I mean, some guys skip rehab assignments. So, yeah, I've been speculating about this pretty much every day. And it like I said, with one of the first questions are is Patrick Bailey the real deal? For all we know, Patrick Bailey goes o for his next 15 with 10 strikeouts and then maybe you know, you, you think about demoting Bailey, but if Bailey keeps performing, it's really tough for me to say because of Blake Sable being that second catcher. And do we believe Blake Sable is a legitimate major league catcher? And I have my doubts like the more we've seen of Sable, we've seen, you know, some failures to block pitches, some pass balls that have been costly uh, and the throwing. I don't know. He does well at framing, but he's a work in progress, certainly. So if he's not a catcher, then you need a second catcher, and then it's Joey Bart. But then I don't see the fit, really, for Blake Sable. And I've said this before. I say this almost every day these days, but, okay, he could DH while... Jock is out, but Jock is close to being back. And then you say, well, he's an outfielder, but you've got, like I already said, their outfield is crowded and then a guy like Matos deserves a promotion probably and then it gets even more crowded. And so the one of the easiest solutions is that Joey Bart can be optioned. And so just when he's ready to come back, perhaps you just use that minor league option and send him to AAA. So it is a good problem to have, but it is a bit of a problem and you've got some overcrowding in some areas where you've got too many players for not enough spots. And we're going to find out soon because Joey Bart is close to being ready. I have heard that they want to have him on the roster, but then I guess Blake Sable maybe just is a bench player who just simply kind of pinch hits. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So coming up in just a minute... We're going to have some rapid fire questions. I've got a, I've got like eight questions lined up and we're going to get to them rapid fire, including will Gabe ever get rid of the platoon system? So somebody doesn't like the platoons and we'll answer that one in just a minute. But first... All right. As promised, rapid fire questions coming up. Thanks again for making lockdown giants. Your first listen every day, every day is on Monday, breaking down giants versus Orioles. It's a really interesting series. Uh, Orioles are having a great season, but the giants with Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Tony D. going, uh, they, they should be able to. Potentially win a couple games, and it would be a big series win against a team that has a really good record. And so I'm looking forward to it. It starts tonight. The Giants play the Orioles at 7:15 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search giants. So rapid fire questions now. Jason says, Will Gabe ever get rid of Platoon System? So I just want to be clear about this. This is not a Gabe Kapler thing, this is a organizational philosophy thing. It's not like Farhan Zaidi doesn't agree with this or just kind of lets Gabe Kapler pick a philosophy. It's, I don't know, it's not like basketball or something. I don't know much about basketball, but coaches have their schemes or whatever, or football. The platoon system is when you have platoon players, you platoon them. And so he's, a guy like Jock Peterson, a guy like Austin Slater... They have just extreme platoon splits. And so are they going to just stop platooning those guys? No, no, they're not. And uh, there are other benefits beyond like the obvious, which is that if you expose Jock Peterson to a bunch of lefties, then his numbers are going to get worse and vice versa with Slater. If you expose him to a bunch of righties, his numbers are going to get a lot worse but the other benefit is like, okay, so those guys are on the bench when, say, there's a lefty on the mound, so Peterson's on the bench. And then that's a nice piece to have coming off the bench. Uh, and it so it keeps everyone involved and it lets you later in the game get a good matchup for them. And it has been a successful system for them. And so it's not a Gabe Kapler thing. It's a Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi and Pete Patella. And if you just look around the league, I feel like people imagine that this is just a Giants thing. A lot of good teams, the Dodgers were doing this when they were destroying the Giants in the mid 2010s. The, you know, we just saw the twins and the Brewers, like they're platooning all their players too. And so it's not a, it's not unique to the Giants, but if you're, if you're a star player, if you're an impact player, player if you can hit lefties and righties if you provide really really good defense at an important position then you don't get platooned and so it's not like they just want to platoon everybody and i've said this a million times but you can't platoon everybody because you've got nine guys in a lineup if you have platoons at every spot that would be 18 position players and they're kind of capped at like 13 or 14 at most and so Will Well, no, the answer is no. Brandon Brofford. Brandon Brafford says, Ben, if you had to buy a jersey, whose jersey would you get? Tyro Estrada. Mike says, do you uh, do the Giants have a legit first baseman of the future in the system? And my kind of snarky answer is yes. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. He's in the system in that he's in the major leagues and he's having a great season. So, you know, and he's under team control for what, three more three seasons counting this one. So I get your point, but why not enjoy who they have and who's under team control for three more years and having a really, really good season? Uh, Shaka Chutch says, Have we seen enough from Brett Wisely? Fair question. I mean, when Tyra Estrada comes back, it seems like Brett Wisely is the obvious candidate to go. But in terms of have we seen enough, like, is this who he is? No. You need more of a sample and he's struggled but I think that they are good at identifying talent and sometimes it takes a while for that talent to play out. Remember Mike Yastrzemski was about to be optioned in 2019 but then there was an injury to somebody else and they elected not to option him and he took off from there and then became you know at worst an average hitter. And a good defender and a good base runner, and at best, more than that. And so I think Wisely just needs more time. But for now, yeah, I'd much rather see Estrada, obviously. Uh, Fag Knight says Assuming he stays healthy and continues to hit well, should the Giants consider re signing Conforto? I think yes. He seems to like it here. He's a West Coast guy. Uh, he's productive, as we have seen over the last month or so, when he's right. He's an impact player. And so, yeah, they should consider re-signing him. And I think they will consider re-signing him. And it's more, definitely more possible than some of these starting pitchers that they've let walk like Gosman and Rodon. Kenneth Ma says, who are the three likeliest Giants All-Stars on the roster? Tyro Estrada, J.D. Davis, and Logan Webb. But also maybe Camilo Duvall. Yeah, I don't know. Some of those guys. And then Alex Cobb, too. So uh, ugh, tough question to do to do rapid fire. But those are the candidates right now. Isaac said, what's the expected record at the end of the year with the Giants hot May? To me, it hasn't changed. I, I said when the year started, 87, 86, 88, somewhere in that range. And I'm still landing there. Kenneth Ma again says, do you envision the Giants being buyers or sellers at the deadline? Definitely buyers. They just they've kind of almost never been sellers. And even when they've sold, they've ended up with like J.D. Davis, that was a selling move and it turned into a buying move. So just being pure sellers, I don't see that at all. They want to win. There's pressure on them to win and make the postseason this year. They're not going to be sellers unless they completely fall apart. Uh Yeah, buyers. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day, as you know, on Monday, breaking down a home series against the Orioles after losing two out of three to the Pirates. I need them to win two out of three against the Orioles, at least, or sweep. And that would be big because the Orioles are a good team. But Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, against some of the pitchers the Orioles have starting, just jump out to an early lead and let your pitching take over. That's the recipe. So you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Go Giants. You are now Locked on Giants.